Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for the end of our seven weeks of four weeks of good horror sequels. As we are finally here to wrap up our final film in the series, Doctor Sleep. The best film in the series, I'm saying it right now. The sequel to The Shining. The sequel to The Shining. That is not in quotes. That is good. That is great. Let's call this great horror sequel uh dr sleep the very very long-awaited sequel to the shining and uh we will say there's a reason why it took us several weeks to get here and one of the people on the line is the reason why and you're gonna know in a few minutes who that is because she's probably gonna hijack the episode and say something inappropriate let's get into it here's colin i thought you were gonna blame our kids again (laughs) oh and my name is jamie and um Great party, isn't it? Oh, that's a quote from the movie. Okay, I get it. And um, I'm Rossi and kill yourself. <laughs> that's a quote from the movie. That's the only thing I could think of. Um, apologies in advance. If you just hear something swat our microphones in the middle of this episode, there's a fly loose around us somewhere here. Not around Rossi, just around me and Jamie. But uh... <laughs> Wow, that's a quick fly. <laughs> yeah. It gets travels from canada to jersey <laughs> yeah. yeah so you see when i when i hit call and i can just blame it on the fly yeah no please don't though uh anyways dr sleep uh this is i can't i can't even remember if i i had i had pitched you rossi on the idea of this month i think um because i was looking for an we'll exclusive- probably have contradicted that in the last three episodes where <laughs> i said i i suggested it to you well um, i i don't even remember how the month came up i i remember though that uh i think this movie was your idea and i had seen this one before um but uh you had pitched this as, as one of the many movies you had never watched that you wanted to cover on this month uh but you did say weeks ago that you had actually seen the shining in the lead up to this uh and now you've finally seen dr sleep so did the weeks of anticipation live up to it to give us your thoughts on dr sleep i'll say i didn't watch the shining in prep for this like to- you just happened to watch the shining sleep like i just watched it and then i was like oh the dr sleep was either just coming out or it had come out or whatever it was hmm. so i was like oh I don't know. That's interesting. And then I just like, I throw out random months to you to suggest and half of them, you say, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> this one, you said, huh, that's not a bad idea. And we, I think we workshopped it mm-hmm. uh, anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting to get into Dr. Sleep, but it's weird. Cause I was like, at some points it really was Dr. Sleep. Like I was struggling to get through it. Cause it's <laughs> what over three hours long. Yeah. 
yeah, so it was a struggle at points. Um, I think The Shining's great. It's short. Uh, this was a little long for my tastes, but I got through it eventually. <laughs> I'm curious what the runtime The Shining is because uh, I was well, just trying to remember because I thought it was longer too. Well, I'm, also, I don't know. Did you watch the director's cut of this that was three hours long? Or did you watch the theatrical that was two and a half? Oh, I think I watched a three hour long one. Which is also what Jamie watched. Like We saw this, uh, the movie came out a couple of years ago. We didn't see it until I think it was last year. And um, I remember that first viewing as well being like, wow, great movie, but whew, it is long. And, uh, and that might've even been the director's cut, I don't know. But since then, Jamie owns it. You've watched the director's cut, I think a couple times already. I only watched theatricals. I did find watching this on a second viewing, it definitely went by quicker. But I mean, as far as history goes with The Shining, as Jamie wanders away. No, Jamie's going to kill the fly. I need a smaller book. For she book. needs a smaller book. <laughs> We're not editing anything, Jamie. That's way too work, much work for me. Uh, Jamie's going to kill the fly here. I bet you anything she's going to miss it. Oh, you got it. I think so. Maybe. We'll find out. Uh, oh, no, it's swarming around. It's right there. Where? Just leave it. We'll get it eventually. No edit point. <laughs> anyway, so The Shining. Um, this was one of the first movies I remember watching. I, I guess I always use the wrong terminology. I'm not going to call it an adult film. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. Oh, but no, ben showed you what it was. Yeah, that was... Whoa. Listen to 007 to hear a surprise cameo of pornography uh, getting screen shared on an episode. But um, the first time I saw something that was, was above a PG rating, I guess you could say. And I might have been like 12 years old at the time. I very distinctly remember that I, I was able to watch The Shining and then The Fugitive with Harrison Ford back to back. Because suddenly out of nowhere, I was like, oh, The Fugitive and The Shining are two of my favorite movies of all time now. And I, I don't think either of those movies stand as like my favorite movies of all time now. But I, I might have been like, I don't know, let's let's just say I was like 12, 13 or something like that at the time. Um, but I mean, I like The Shining. I, I, I think that uh, it stands up well. And this one, I remember when it first came out, wanting to go see it. But again, knowing that the running time was quite long, uh, deciding not to go. And then we eventually saw it last year. But I, I enjoyed it. But Jamie, you really flipped out over this movie. I mean, you love it. So give a bit of opinion slash history on Dr. Sleep and The Shining if you want. Well, I mean, I'm huge a fan of The Shining, um, and I really wish that I would have seen this, this movie. Oh, Matt is throwing, throwing me a what echo in my ear. Okay, <laughs> sorry, I'm not used to this like all you guys are. I'm gonna have to pull it out when I'm talking. Uh, anyways, so yeah, I'm a huge fan of um, The Shining and also of this movie. I feel like they cast the perfect person to play Danny and the little kid that they got uh, to play him when he was younger was amazing too. And when you watch the, the special fe features on this movie, um, they go so into depth of uh, trying to copy all the sets yeah. like crazy, like the, the carpet and stuff like that. Like they had to redo the co color several times just to get it to the exact red that they wanted for the hotel and things like that like it was really heavily detail oriented mm -hmm. and, and the story was just so interesting like i mean in the shining you get to see a small part of this world which is it's mostly like ghosts i would probably say like obviously mm -hmm. just from the hotel and then you watch this other movie and it's like this whole other 
realm that's opened up with yeah. the paranormal, which is really cool. It's it's expanded. I mean, this is still sequel in quotations because it's a sequel for one of the characters, but it takes place decades later. And like you said, it really is something different. Uh, having seen The Shining, were you expecting anything? Else? Did you know anything about this? Were you expecting it would just be they're back at the hotel just decades later? Or did you kind of have a heads up that this would be kind of its own story dealing with a different part of the supernatural world? Um, You know, honestly, I don't really follow movie stuff like you do. So um, I I didn't really realize. Oh, you weren't talking to me, were you? <laughs> but Rossi, you can answer too. I mean, <laughs> I assume that when Jamie started talking, I was like, oh, it's not for me. So I just stopped paying attention. Sorry. Um, I was, I did you say something? But Jamie jumped in. I was like, "Yeah, Let her go. come on, Jamie, be considerate." She's not uh, usually this animated, and it's not about abs or Henry really Cavill bad at or this something. Podcasting yeah. stuff. <laughs> or cheese, you know. But did you know that this was going to be kind of its own supernatural story, not really dealing with the ghosts of the hotel as much? I knew nothing. Um, the only thing that I remember seeing was that scene where he's in that in his like room that he rents. Danny's in the room that he yeah. rents and he like slides down. That's literally the only thing I knew going into this film. I didn't even know that that guy was Danny when I watched it, mm. saw that clip. Like I knew nothing. I even wrote in my notes. I was like, this is more of a sequel than I expected. I guess I expected a standalone. Because mm-hmm. I well, mean, like The Shining wraps up. Like there's not much. Yeah. Like you could go off of. Obviously you go off of the main two characters, but like there's not much. They, they kind of close it other than the like mystery of what happened to, to Jack and why is he in 1921? You know, the, um, so I didn't expect that. The, the one thing that, uh, that I do know is that the last act of this movie, when they go back to the hotel, that is all made for the movie. Uh, the book apparently had a completely different ending that was way more of its own thing. And the ending that we see that we're eventually going to get in this Dr. Sleep was essentially the last couple chapters of the shining book that Stanley Cooper could change in the original. So technically we're actually getting <laughs> a doctor sleep, the sequel, but we're also getting a way that they work in the original shining ending as well, which I guess is kind of cool. You mentioned a lot of little nods they have. I mean, uh, Oh, huge. Like they even had a, uh, where they, actually... I wasn't talking to you, but okay, go yes, ahead. They reused the actual same shots of those, um, it's like the wilderness type of area where there's like the water and the mountains and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like the actual. So there's like, some uh, shots the, in this off, movie that are from reused. the original movie. Yeah. They, and then other ones, they just re shot with new actors. They just kind of clean it up and they make it look a little bit like their own thing. Mm-hmm. But if you actually watch the special features, you can see that it's the same. And it's really interesting. I'm talking about that outdoor, like wild life type, type of scene with the water and the mountains where it's like that ominous theme. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it, but I'm, I'm sure that they did a great job with it. Um, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't usually watch special features for stuff, but this one I did and it was good. Yeah. Now, uh, before we really get into recapping the movie, uh, for why this movie was being made, I mean, Stephen King wrote the sequel decades later. The movie was in development for a while, but it really is because of it. Uh, when it came out and it was just enormous. It what? It, it, <laughs> it, 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 that, that's, oh, terrible title for me. Itty bitty titties? It, it, no, no, I, see, it's been 15 minutes and we knew she'd say something inappropriate. Um, 
when the movie it came out uh the success of that blew blew everybody away so suddenly decided we're gonna make everything stephen king again which is why a couple years later we're getting doctor sleep we're getting pet cemetery we're getting a really bad update of the stand uh because oh it was successful so it it the movie was successful so now we got to get everything stephen king again um i will say i think this is probably the best stephen king adaptation since the original it definitely better than it chapter two which i thought was terrible definitely better than the stand but uh, uh anybody have objections with jumping into the movie here no which one it or it yeah so pennywise <laughs> goes back hundreds <laughs> of years uh I, I will say oh, tim curry that would be great oh we should do that no jamie we started that month there's a great idea Jamie and I started this project a couple months ago where we would do an original movie and the remake in one episode. Imagine doing it. Yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah. All right. Then we'll put, put it on the, put on the plate for an upcoming month. Uh, anyways, I will say I started taking my notes on my computer here. Uh, and then I finished taking my notes on my phone. The first 20 minutes of this movie here, the notes are gone. So um, uh, I'm, I'm going to be, jumping through a lot of this opening stuff but the opening stuff is just set everything up it basically starts i'm gonna guess not long after the shining ends uh because we get young danny we get the young mother which uh, they don't really look anything like the original characters i mean they they did a good job to make them look like you can tell immediately they're different actors no problem with that i guess except actresses act well an actress is still an actor but okay um (laughs) Let's be gender specific here. Actors and actresses, child actors. She she actually really studied. Uh, I, what was the, well, the lady's name? The original. I don't know. Anyway, the she, wife she, from the original. She really studied all of her mannerisms, and you can actually see after you watch the special features again because I watched them because I'm amazing. No, I'm not. Do <laughs> research. No, I didn't. Above only and one without, Only one without notes here. <laughs> no, I was. I, I basically went like an entire month falling asleep watching this movie. No, but um, when you watch the special features and then you watch the movie again and you know that, you can see how much she actually tries to copy the mom. Oh, and, and the, the performance the inflections and yeah. everything. Performance fine. It's just, I don't find that she looks anything like her. Uh, but, you know, again, minor complaint. They re- The way they reshot that opening scene with the hallways, again, it's great. Uh, apparently, having to duplicate that set, here's some interesting trivia. You set me trivia on this movie. That was... Uh, yes. Here you, go. you did your research by passing it off to me. Oh. But uh, <laughs> the, the carpeting for this, uh, after they filmed the movie, the studio, the movie studio, whichever this was, was it um, Fox? What is it? Um, sure. Uh, let's just say it's Fox. <laughs> Whatever the movie studio was, uh, Warner Brothers. They actually decided to take these carpets from The Shining and put them in one of their boardrooms. So I would love yeah. to be in a boardroom meeting with The Shining carpets. Uh, but yeah, it's great that they duplicate this. The the, the scene with the mother and uh, him, where obviously he's still struggling and he um, uh, is having the nightmare flashes. And uh, we, we get, uh, do we get, now I don't have my notes here, but do we get the guy, the other Shining guy from the original movie here in the opening? Because he tells the Danny about the boxes, doesn't he? Yeah, good. All right. Because so, he's he was sitting outside, like because Danny yeah. just left the house. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, there, and then the mother and, is like and it's a out. little bit of an extended scene for the director's cut for that one. Okay. Well, the the actor, I'm very excited about this because it was just this afternoon. You're rolling your eyes, but it was just this afternoon. You came down. I was on my lunch. I was watching. What was I watching, Jamie? 
True Detectives? No, I wasn't watching True Detective. I was watching. I was watching Alias. Oh well, you see, I don't know which one you were drooling over this time. <laughs> well, I wasn't drooling over the guy from The Shining. That's what was on my yeah, screen. He's hot. Is he? On on on. I'm not talking about that guy. I was talking about uh, what's it? What's his face? Jack Nicholson. Well, he. You he, and McGregor. They, okay, they're both sexy. I'm talking. What's the guy's name? D- Dick, right? I like Jamie, that too. <laughs> careful. <laughs> The the guy the the mentor Dick yeah Dick the um the chef from the original movie I like him already anyways so yeah the actor who plays Dick in this movie was on Alias and I'm he's one of the main characters on all seasons of Alias Carl Lumley uh, he plays Sidney Bristow's partner in the first couple seasons he later comes in as the director as kind of the big boss in the later seasons I was very excited because as I was watching Alias I said hey do you know who this guy is and you're like yeah I'm like, well, what's he in? He goes, Dr. Sleep. So you knew, but you just didn't, you thought it was True Detective. It wasn't Alias because those shows often get confused. But come on, this is exciting, right? Like you've seen some Alias with me. It's okay. All right. I'm just saying this. Alias is the 20th anniversary this year. We're already covering 20, 24 for the 20th anniversary. Uh, I am determined to do something for Alias's 20th anniversary. If anybody is willing to rewatch and just do season long recaps with me, just message the Oz Network. Uh, we will bring on volunteers, unless Rossi wants to do it. Rossi, are you a fan of Alias? Never seen yeah, it. But Can you become a fan of Alias in the next were, couple months? Weren't you like a drooling teenager watching this show? And it's like all nostalgia? What, Alias? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a drooling adult watching Jennifer Garner, but that doesn't change the fact it's one of the greatest shows ever made. Okay. Anyways, we I'm, I'm getting excited here about the guy who plays I, Dick in the movie. I bet you're getting excited. <laughs> Jennifer Garner is not in this movie, Jamie. Let's stay on topic. Anyways, so he gives him this trick. This is going to be important later on about the boxes, uh, which we don't really get. Other than the fact that it's just these ghosts that are still haunting Danny, they shove them into a box uh, or he shoves them into a box. And we get that, that nice moment where he goes in the bathroom and there's the naked old lady in the bathtub. That's not the nice part. The nice part is uh, this little kid, just this, this, you know, really, really dangerous moment where he just closes the door and then the, the, the ghost is gone. He comes out. That, that's great. Uh, but then we flash forward a couple of years and Danny's not doing so hot. Uh, he's an alcoholic. He's waking up in his own vomit. Um, his girlfriend is a terrible mother. <laughs> it, it's just not good for Danny. Uh, and basically he's going to turn his life around here. Now, the reasoning, this is not my notes, but I remember there was a reason for it. Jamie, you can fill me in. Ross, you can fill me in. What was it? I didn't even catch it the first time we watched this movie, but the second time I watched the movie, it became much clear why he decided to turn his life around. What was it for? I'll let Rossi answer. Rossi? Um, is this like a quiz? Am I supposed to know the answer? Pop quiz, Rossi. <laughs> oh. Jamie, that was Jamie's way of saying, I don't remember. I wasn't paying attention any of the times I fell asleep to this movie. Um, to protect his mother. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> to protect his mother. Is that correct, Jamie? You're, you're talking about why he wanted to stop drinking, right? Yeah. Well, and get get away from wherever he was. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how it went, to be honest. I'm going to say he had I- an ulcer. I, 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 I deflected. Or right, you're making up. Rossi. Okay. You deflected Rossi because you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But there was a reason. And if I ever find my notes for the first couple minutes of this movie, I'll figure it out. Um, we're oh, going he, to. He, he, he goes into the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, though, and he's talking about 
his dad and why his dad stopped drinking and I, stuff like that. But for, but for him, I mean, I, I think that going through everything that he has gone through with his abilities and stuff like that, that he kind of used the alcohol as a way to c- cover up I, for all that. He didn't want to actually deal with his shine. I get that from the movie, but I remember there being a very clear moment where they made it clear, this is why I'm leaving. This is why I'm doing this. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't have the notes to back it up. And nobody remembers. So moving on. So he just all of a sudden arrives in some small town. Uh, he immediately meets Billy. Uh, and uh, this guy who played Billy, do you recognize him from a bunch of stuff, Jamie? No. You don't recognize him from anything? No. Cliff Curtis, great actor. He actually uh, played the villain in the Avatar, the last Airbender movie that was terrible. Nope. All right. Well, he played the Fire Lord in Avatar, the last Airbender. Okay. Uh, but uh, we won't get into that because that's terrible. We'll do that for Bad Movie Month one of these days. Uh, so he just instantly hits it off with this guy. He, he offers him a job. He offers to pay his first two months rent. Um, obviously because, you know, he recognizes this is a guy who's trying to turn his life around. Uh, he puts him up in this apartment. I like the, the old lady who's renting the apartment. Like, we don't like noise here. I'm very quiet. <laughs> uh, the, the, the wall that's going to become a big thing in the movie. The former math student had the wall. Now I'm caught up with my notes. Yes. Uh, the math student had painted the blackboard wall and, um, this is going to come in later on. Uh, we get introduced to a couple other characters in the movie. Uh, now the first thing, <laughs> Yes, we want some lunch, but uh, the first thing we just caught it just come up. <laughs> yeah, well, we just caught it. Uh, oh. Do you want some lunch? Go listen to Battlefield Earth. <laughs> but did, um, did you eat those nachos? Why? Stop it. Uh, the other characters we get introduced here to uh, we get Rose as we get a really creepy scene with her and this little girl uh, with the flowers, uh, kind of like a child Violet. murder type thing. What's that? Violet, because girl's name is Violet, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and Rose is our villain for the movie. Now, you do recognize Rose, right, Jamie? Yes, from something. From uh, Ilsa from the Mission Impossible oh, right. movies, yeah, yeah. the female yeah. lead in the last two, three Mission Impossible movies. Amazing yeah. actress, probably gonna win an Oscar one day. Rossi, are you a fan of Rebecca Ferguson and anything else? Um, I didn't know, recognize her, but even though I've seen those movies, <laughs> okay, <laughs> so. She was also in The Greatest Showman, which is an awful movie. I don't know how you feel about that. I haven't seen it. Okay, don't watch it. Uh, ben likes it. That just tells you all you need to know. Ben, uh, ben also likes Madonna. <laughs> that tells you all you need to know. Uh, so uh, she's kind of running this cult, and this is where this movie's different from this, the, the Shining because the people are mortal in this movie. Uh, they are immortal, but they're mortal. They're, they're, they're humans. They're living flesh. They're not just ghosts. And uh, we also get into another major character, this uh, girl who is stalking the guy in the, the movie theater. Um, Andy. What's her name? Andy. Andy. I just kept referring to her as Pusher. No, they, call, they refer they, to her as a Pusher. They called her, I think, Snakebite Andy. Okay. Well, I mean, she has this power where she can. She's a Pusher. I know, but I'm trying to explain what a Pusher is. Rossi, what's a Pusher? pop quiz no i thought she was doctor asleep because they kept saying <laughs> she would put the guy to sleep exactly she didn't so. sleep. yeah <laughs> but i mean her power is she can put things in people's heads she can make them do things uh the whole idea here is that it's like a hypnotist yeah kind of exactly uh but the whole idea here is that she lures these men who try to lure young girls into having affairs with them that prey on young girls and then she makes them do things to themselves. Like, what is it? Like scratch his face or something yeah. like that. And every single morning he has to look in the mirror and say, I'm a child molester or something like that. Uh, but 
the idea is that she makes him scratch his face or something like that because his wife's going to see this as if there's no way that he's going to explain that off to his wife. Hey, a bird scratched me. Or like I got mugged. I got mugged or something. Or, or like somebody tried to rape me. Yeah, I, I like the idea of this character that she's just like, you know, all these terrible sexual predators. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, you know, show them. I don't know. Uh, going to do bad things to them. But, but <laughs> push them. I'm going to push them. I'm going to hypnotize them. But her plan isn't really thought through because it's sort of like, you know, oh, you're going to look bad and you're going to have to. It's not like every morning when you look in the mirror, you're going to turn to your wife and say, I am a sexual predator. Like that would be a little I like Dick, like (laughs) Jamie would or something. (laughs) Some of them might. I don't know. Uh, But anyways, she's a cool character, uh, but she's immediately picked up by Rose. And what's Rose's boyfriend's name? Anybody? Uh, Oh, what's his name again? Let's call him Adam. Uh, Any objections to Adam? The crow. The crow? He's Brandon Lee. He's the crow. Okay. No, they call him the crow. Crow crow daddy. Crow daddy. Okay. Rossi, we we do this every year where we just randomly mention movies and then we say this is our Halloween month. But have you ever watched The Crow? The original movie, The Crow? No? There is a possibility. Jamie, you like The Crow, right? Yeah, he's hot. Yeah, that's why you like it. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I'm superficial. Sorry. You're very superficial. Yes. Uh, so they bring her into their little cult by telling her she could be immortal. Uh, I like that the Rose says, uh, what does she say to her? Like, you're going to tell me 100% the truth. And she just me like, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. You talking to me? Yeah. That when she, Aww, that's such a nice thing to say. I was talking to Rose, but anyways, no, but that's the way that she has power over even this girl who can implant thoughts in people's heads. Yeah, but you see, then you should tell me that then it would make you a better husband. <laughs> if see? a pusher is the one telling me to be a better husband, maybe it's not sincere. I'm not that good of a husband, let's be honest. Uh, anyways, bringing everything together here, they bring her into the cult and we see this indoctrination to the cult where they open up these canisters, which essentially include people's souls in them, right? They call it steam, but it's eating people's souls. And this is what makes them alive. It almost kills the girl. She even says, you know, you said that it wouldn't hurt. It's like, no, you know, I said you'd uh, live forever or whatever. I never said it wasn't going to hurt. Obviously, it's incredibly painful, but they now are immortal. Danny's side of the world, um, he he has a nice mo- uh, moment where he wakes up in bed being snuggled by a ghost. So he's obviously still haunted. Uh, he goes to AA meeting and he meets up with another actor that we've seen before. Great Canadian, Jamie. You recognize the guy, the doctor who gives him the job? Uh, no. Rossi, you recognize this guy, Bruce Greenwood? I know he lost his watch in the <laughs> hospital. Uh, Bruce Greenwood. I've, I've definitely seen him in something. Oh, but he's I can't been in why. everything. I mean, literally, he's one of these guys who's been in everything. 13 Days is probably the movie he's best uh, known for we played john f kennedy that I've was a Kevin, it. it was a oh you gotta watch it you movie about the cuban missile crisis but he's a canadian actor uh so um uh he's been a lot of great canadian movies he's also been a lot of american like running through his filmography here uh swept away with madonna oh, he was the husband in swept away R- yeah. rossi uh i remember him well there you go uh yeah he plays the the no, original he was the jerk that's tried to keep no madonna he wasn't <laughs> listen uh, to our best white lover uh i robot hollywood homicide the core uh star trek yeah the the, the new jj abrams star trek movie uh it just goes on and on bruce greenwood's been everything we actually just covered a movie lie exposed which uh people should check out this small canadian movie we interviewed the director 
the writer and the star slash producer, Leslie Hope, who's also on 24. Great movie. He's in that. Uh, we would love to have him on for the interview as well, but coordinating that many people was too tough. But uh, he's great. He's a doctor. He offers Danny a job. Danny just immediately says to him, oh, don't worry about your watch. You didn't give this guy Gucci's and gonorrhea or whatever it's called, right, Jamie? What? <laughs> I asked you, I'm, I'm looking at my notes. I'm reading my notes because my notes are from about a week and Gucci's a half ago. Gucci's and gonorrhea? Well, the, the, the notes say Gucci's or Gouchers. Uh, and I was asking, what does this mean? And you said, oh, that was the thing when he left his watch in. No, he he was doing like a procedure or surgery, like something, he was dealing with something with a patient, the doctor was, and he went to go wash his hands and he, he left, it he left his watch there. Yeah, but the patient who he was helping had like- Gonorrhea. Go- no. <laughs> he had Gucci's he and gonorrhea. It was Sorry, like, it's a combo. It was like Goucher's disease or something. I can't remember now, but it definitely wasn't gonorrhea. I know it was, that. It was Gucci's and gonorrhea. <laughs> and he left his watch on the sofa dispenser, but he thought that he left it in the patient, which is great. Uh, so he's basically going to offer him an orderly job, uh, because he sees there's something special about Danny. And now we're going to get to find out what Dr. Sleep really is. Cause it's Danny's now working as an orderly, uh, a random cat wanders into a room. Danny follows him in there and he just helps people die. That's what Dr. Sleep is. Danny's discovered. He doesn't have to just be haunted by these ghosts. He can actually help people into the afterlife. Uh, that's sort of setting it up. Uh, we also get introduced to Abra, who has a birthday party, and she puts her forks in her ceiling. So Abra is going to be the other main character in this movie. Thoughts all around the room. Rossi, you go first. Most of that was spent. Do you know this actor? Do you know that actress? <laughs> Such um, a good cast. <laughs> yeah, we saw them in this show. No, no, no. I, we didn't see them in this show. It was this show. Uh, anyway. Um, I struggled a little bit in the beginning of this movie, just because I really wasn't sure, like, it just seemed like they were making stuff up some way along the way. Like, cause I thought Fictional that, films tend to do that. You know, this is not based on a true story, right? Oh, uh, wait, what? <laughs> Damn. But it just like, I thought that the shining, like the being able to communicate and then like sort of seeing like these ghosts and these dead people was sort of the end of it. And then once they started like, like she can hypnotize people and he can, like induce people to go to, to sleep forever and like all this kind of stuff. I just like got so lost and I was like, what is going on? And why does he also know where the guy left his wall? It just didn't like make sense to me. Like I wasn't on board yet. Like eventually when the little girl Abra shows up, like that's when I started getting a little bit more invested in it. But like before this was like, this was the doctor like this first hour um because i had two hours left after the first hour um but but interesting stuff in it it just it didn't like capture me yet i i've never really read stephen king uh my sister's a huge stephen king fan this might even be the first episode of the oz network she's listened to uh just because we're doing dr sleep and we did the parent Uh trap too she was excited about that um but uh she loves Stephen King, but even she admits, she's like, Stephen King is a very long-winded writer. And I started reading The Stand uh, recently, which is 1,200 pages long. The original version of The Stand was 900 pages. Stephen King decided to revise it and add an extra 300 pages that was cut originally. And even says uh, in the opening to that book, none of this is necessary for the story. No joke, there is a scene in The Stand that is, or a, a chapter that's 38 pages long about a character who's going to prison 
talking with his lawyer about their strategies for how they're going to get him out. All of it's irrelevant because within 24 hours, 98% of the world is killed off, including the lawyer. That's Stephen King's writing. It's a lot of rambling. It's a lot of unnecessary exposition. So I can kind of get what you're saying because this first half hour, 40 minutes of the movie here, until Abra comes in, none of it's really relevant. And the stuff that is relevant, it definitely has that Stephen King feel to it where you're like, okay, the guy's rambling now, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Jamie, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I've never read the book, to be honest with you. So um, I wouldn't really be able to say how it compares to the actual written version of the story. But I mean, there are some interesting things in this movie. uh, But I think Rossi is right with how it is pretty complicated. Like it's, it's a very complicated movie. It's, it's one of those movies that to really get everything properly as they intend for you to take it in you'll probably have to watch the movie at least three to four times if not maybe more but it's interesting though because the more that you watch it and the more you get it the more interesting it is yes (laughs) you're looking at me like whoa i've got a i've got one for the more you watch something the more interesting it is i'm I'm crack the code (laughs) (laughs) yes crack the code of stephen king i don't think any podcast ever has come up with that result (laughs) (laughs) you nailed it i'm special yeah but i mean the fact is you have seen this movie three or four times already probably more than that now well i mentioned like i've seen it a couple times just because i wanted to watch it but then i i spent probably about a month falling asleep to this movie every night Mm -hmm. which is john wick you know territory for you that's it, it is there was when john wick was uh on netflix before there was like I don't even know how many months in a row it was that I just fell asleep every night watching it, but Keanu Reeves is like my number one hottie. Yes. Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah. It's you. Know, you. You, you, fi- you find a way to mention that on every episode, even things that have nothing to do with Keanu Reeves. Yes. Uh, does does you watching this three or four times have anything to do with the fact that, let, let me just say this without Jamie sounding too terrible, the fact that you and McGregor got rid of his mole? He definitely looks better without it. <laughs> okay, so uh, Jamie and I watching this movie... She says, oh, I'm glad he finally decided to get rid of that hideous mole. Well, it was that, so distracting no, no, you, you were like, Star Wars. You're like, oh, he's he's so hot, but that mole holds him back. And I'm like, Jamie, I mean, he, he may not have decided to get rid of it. I look it up. It was cancerous. And Jamie's like, oh, thank God he got rid of that hideous cancer. <laughs> it was so awful. But he's a handsome guy. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, I mean, like, you know what? If Okay. You are making me sound like an awful person, but <laughs> here's here's the thing, though. Okay, like everybody has their own tastes, and you could say this is ugly about that person, or this no. is hot, and that's okay. That doesn't make you a bad person. Like you know, if if everybody saw like my my bat wings that I have, <laughs> I'm waving my bat wings, you know. Um, <laughs> sure nobody wants to watch that and you know do i want to pay the money to actually get them removed no because i'm too cheap but but if they're cancerous you will i i mean nobody wants to have cancer that's not not anything to laugh at no but but you and mcgregor more attractive without his cancerous mole right I don't know. I mean, he was really hot, but you know, if they had a shot in this movie where he was in like a tight little <laughs> <laughs> underwear swimsuit, they would have took the movie up a notch. 
He doesn't age either. He's he's really yummy. No, but, but like this is weird. Ewan McGregor is now how many years removed are we from um uh Revenge of the Sith? Revenge of the Sith came out 16 years ago, okay? So we're almost caught up with what the age of Obi-Wan Kenobi was <laughs> in A New Hope. Uh, and Ewan McGregor, I swear, looks younger than he did in Revenge of the Sith, where they had to age him up, and he was playing younger than his age. But anyways, uh, enough on Ewan McGregor here. But I, I will say Ewan McGregor, he begged to be in this movie uh, because he loved The Shining, and, and he desperately wanted to do this movie. I remember even when the casting came out of Ewan McGregor, it just made sense to me when they said he's going to be playing the older version of the kid from the original, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it just perfectly fits. And, you know, there's there's something about Ewan McGregor's acting in this movie that it doesn't feel like typical Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor is, I'm not going to say he's an over-the-top actor, but he's one of these actors who will be very calm, very subtle, and then he has one explosive moment, you know? There are no explosive moments. And if any movie you expect him to go Jack Nicholson, it would be this movie. He never goes Jack Nicholson in this movie, and I think that's what I like best about him. Yeah, I mean, he he doesn't really have that, I don't think. But they, that would have been the predictable way to go to make him Jack yeah. Nicholson. And he doesn't do that, which is great. Uh, so just to jump in, I was looking up differences between the films and the the novel, just because mm-hmm. you got me interested in that. And one thing I thought was really interesting is one of the major differences in the original, The Shining, is that one of the jobs that Jack is supposed to do is release excess steam from the hotel's ancient boiler (laughs) which he doesn't do and i thought that was really interesting because so much of this movie has to do with the like steam Mm -hmm. of like the people they kill and Uh, and then the very ending of the movie what happens to the hotel they blow up the boiler right yeah yeah which happens in the original book because he didn't do his job in the original book is that what they're saying well, no, because it. Well, in the book, it originally burns down. The hotel burns down at the end of The Shining, mm. not at the end of Doctor Sleep. Yeah, but because they didn't do that, they. But, but what I'm saying is, like, to... in The Shining, does the hotel blow up because he decides to make the sacrifice like Danny does, or does it blow up because it's like, oh, I knew I forgot the boiler. Oh, <laughs> boom. Um, he just fails to do it in the book. And then it explodes and he dies in it. <laughs> I, I, I love know. the idea that the, the, what brings down the guy who ends up becoming one of the great villains in movie history would have been he didn't do what he was told. <laughs> you had one job to do. You know, you had a checklist. Okay, let's see. Uh, sweep the floors. All right. Um, well, uh, paint the lobby. Let's see. Hold on. The Shovel the sidewalk. Release the steam. I knew I forgot something. Boom. What's that quote from The Simpsons? What? Homer asked you to do one thing, put, <laughs> put on, on pants, pants and you didn't, didn't do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's actually, I, I, I love the, the parallels here with the steam and the steam in the original. I wonder if Stephen King was even thinking about it. What's, what's Stephen King's hang up on steam? That's interesting. Uh, but anyways, getting back to the, the story here. So um, Danny makes a psychic connection with Abra because on the chalkboard, we see the word hello that comes up. And this just becomes a thing. I'm guessing this is supposed to take place over several years. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Cause that's watching it every night. <laughs> yes. Several years. Well, they, we did they, have that discussion. Well, they show, yeah. Because they show the birthday party Yeah, and she's like, I think six maybe. Oh, they actually do say the age on the birthday cake. I think she was supposed to be five. 
and then like later again they reference her age when she shows up to the house um and the her dad is freaking out and stuff like that and she's he says like oh she's a however many year old girl so it's mm -hmm. supposed to be a, i think like uh five six yeah. years plus so it's it's actually really interesting because the movie doesn't really go into it a whole lot that way it's something that if you're not watching close you probably would miss even though it is kind of obvious because obviously you see this little girl abra and then you see a, a different actress later in the movie so it's, it's I don't, funny i don't like, notice that because she's only in like one shot when she's young yeah but you know it, it's funny it's it's obvious but then at the same time you'd miss it if you don't look close enough but uh it's something that uh i think the movie does lack a little bit because uh not only because of the abra story but um if they went more into depth about the time frame with this all and you absorbed all of that you would see the relationship that danny has actually gotten to have with his best friend that dies that that they obviously really? Yeah, Billy. And so then it, it would have a little bit more of an impact when he dies because I, I you know, when I watched the movie a couple first times, it didn't really bother me when he died. <laughs> yeah, so, you, you love to see people die. Well, no. Like, Serves him right. Not like cleaning you. Cleaning up your life. Not like you who loves to see people on fire. Well, yeah, we, we almost got in this movie. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there's a psychic connection between Danny and Abra with this blackboard. Um, uh, just a quick another jump in go um, for it and another one of the differences in the movies and the book in the novel they in the movie they clearly ignore this but in the book dan figures out that abra's grandfather was his father jack so that jack slept with abra's grandmother so they're siblings so they have so they're dan is abra's half uncle <laughs> so he actually is uncle dan Wait no, yeah. he no. If 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 Jack was Abra's father, you're saying Jack is Abra's father or f grandfather? Or what is he? Jack slept with a grad student, Abra's grandmother. Okay, so yeah, so then yeah, he would be Uncle Dan. Yeah, wow. So he actually is Uncle Dan. Wow. Which would I guess partially explain why they have more of a connection, like it's not yeah. random that she just yeah, connects just with this random drunk across guy across the country. Yeah. Or she's just like constantly putting feelers out there, you know, who's going to pick up. And it's usually on the radio, people. help, help, help. And yeah, exactly. S O S. But uh, we also get the, the first mention of Jack in here uh, during uh, Danny's AA meeting, talking about his dad. Uh, and then on Rose's side of the story here, uh, Grandpa Flick is sick. Uh, so they need to open another canister. And they're saying they have to ration these canisters of steam of people's souls. Uh, but uh, they need another one. So but now we start to learn what this cult is, Rose's cult. Do they have a name in this movie? The cult? Uh, um, true Knot, as I was reading it. The True Knot? That's right, yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, the whole purpose of them is they seek other people out. And this is what uh, the crow does, right? Like he can, sense, he can sense other people with powers. Um... I thought they all could because she yeah, doesn't. She, like, later in the movie, she's like meditating to find mm. Abra. Okay. A big but fish. I feel like a big fish. Maybe okay. it's just there to the, the two of them could do that. Mm. We don't really get anything other than that one girl. The rest of them just seem yeah. normal. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, what they get out of this is we get another actor, which tell me where you've seen this actor before, people. Uh, so the baseball game, well, this is where the, their, their heist of a child's going to come up. Oh. Who's the baseball player? Rossi, I'll ask you first. Do you know the baseball player? Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you were going to ask who the random spectator in the back was. Because, ah, but you know uh, the random spectator, right? Yeah. Yes. The original Danny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't even tell you what he looks like now, but uh, yeah. Cameo there, the there. original. The original Danny is there, but the baseball boy, uh, we've covered the room three years in a row, Rossi, but have you ever seen just room? I, I read it. If that counts. You read the book room. Yes. Is it good? Uh, yeah, it was good from what I remember. Okay. I'd like to read it. Another, um, another thing that we're talking about. That's not the <laughs> doctor sleep movie, but <laughs> well, no, this is important because uh, for one thing room stars, one of my favorite actresses when she's not, being boring in oh Captain gosh, Marvel, Brie looks, Larson. She looks so average. Look at how superficial you are. She's, Brie Larson's she's awesome. She's not hot at all. Ugh, anyways. She uh, just looks like a girl who no could Keanu be like Reeves. from Transcona. Yeah. You know what? So does Keanu Reeves just looks like some girl from Transcona. Nobody knows where Transcona is, but Transcona is just what people Winnipeg insult. Um, anyways, Brie Larson, this boy in Room, not The Room, uh, he was amazing in that movie, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but do you I know what movie? I was wondering why you were. I was trying to get the fly. Uh, do, do you know what movie we've been watching nonstop for the last week that he's also in, Jamie? What? He's the voice of Luca in the new Pixar movie. Oh, is Luca. he really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So he gets trapped in a room with his mother, Brie Larson. He gets kidnapped and dies after playing a baseball game. And then he becomes a half human, half fish in Luca. Uh, sorry to spoil Luca for anybody. He's half fish. Uh, so this movie watch said, that after this, the, this movie does something really smart by using children as a way to, to give that unsettling feeling without even showing a lot of the violence. And I, I think if you just had them kidnapping random person, it wouldn't be the same. But the fact is they're kidnapping these innocent defenseless children and then not even showing you everything that happens. I mean, it, it's actually a kind of a heartbreaking scene that this poor kid getting kidnapped all because he has some type of power. Uh, and then we do get a little bit more of the, the gruesome murder of him, even though it doesn't show much. Uh, but this is basically what's going to set off Danny and Abra on the case. This is this is where it becomes true detective, Jamie. Uh, during this now, now uh, Abra actually senses is going on and cracks the blackboard wall in her psychic connection with Danny. And we actually get the red rum from the original, but it's it's opposite this time. Danny, whereas in the original... Danny himself was writing red rum and it wasn't until you viewed it in the mirror, you saw it in this one, she writes murder on the blackboard. And I love that the way that they reversed it in this movie. So Danny's just observing it from the mirror and it says red rum. And then he looks and it says murder. That was just a cool little trick. Uh, but you knew they had to include red rum in this movie at some point. I don't even know if that's in the book. Oh or not. yeah. Uh, Abra does some investigation at school. Rose can sense Abra. Uh, so um, she's going to be out to get her. Uh, and uh, Abra goes through a, a flashback and she's able to track what happened to this boy. We get the, the big sequence with the room flipping as she communicates with Rose, this inception type Dr. Strange thing that's going on. Uh, and it, it's in the grocery store where Rose realizes Abra's communicating directly with her. And we get the grocery store fight between a 12 year old girl and a super spy for mission impossible. Um, but uh, the whole point of the movie from this point on is just going to be, Danny uh, 
whether or not he's going to help Abra because Abra finds him. Uh, and uh, now, does Abra ask him first? Because I have my notes here first where he's talking to Dick. And why does he call him Dick and Tony? Or who's Tony? Tony is the little voice inside his head. Okay, so Tony's not Dick. Mm, no. Okay. Thank you for clearing up. This is where the experts come in. Uh, but Danny has this great conversation with Dick where he's uh, saying like, oh, I, I can't help this girl, whatever. Um, and uh, he has, this may be later in the movie, but uh, he has that moment where he says, hey, where would you be if when you would come to me for help, I had said the same thing, you know, screw you, kid. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Abra eventually is going to come find Danny. She takes the bus to him. And when he's out working, this is this is kind of the funniest moment of the movie. It definitely played funnier the first time I saw it. The second time I saw it, I'm like, it lost a lot of the humor to me. But where she's talking to him and, and he's, you know, we can use our real voices here. And she says, you know, in this day and age, a grown man sitting on a bench with a teenage girl. <laughs> is that meant to be funny? Because I remember like thinking that was hilarious the first time I saw it. No, Colin, it's not supposed to be funny. Well, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying the idea of a grown man with a teenage girl is funny, but no, no, no but I know. He, he says that like, yeah, you know what? Can we speed this along? Because people are going to start thinking things about I, me. I, th- I think that he's trying to bring it up in a way, obviously, where there is the concern. I just thought it was funny. Rossi, did you get a laugh out of that? It's one of those like smartly written, um, like things you chuckle at, but like, ooh, it's like uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you, like you it's know it's too too real to to laugh at but like you kind of laugh at it anyway mm-hmm. you know what's kind of interesting actually i was just thinking about something else that rossi had said when he was talking about how in the books they actually go into more detail and they actually are related mm-hmm. um you know it's it's kind of interesting do they in the books or in the movie ever really go into a lot of detail about uh danny's dad like that he actually has shine the jack does yeah and maybe is that why he actually drinks too it would make sense um i don't know because if if they're linked that way through jack Mm -hmm. then maybe he actually had shine too and that's why he had problems with alcohol well that's i mean to explain why he's sort of haunted by the ghost and taken over by them because really when you see dr sleep you see a lot more parallels between what happens with Danny at the end of this movie and what happens with Jack. Well, because you um, think of it even with the hotel, right? Like mm-hmm. the hotel could have tried to really get any three of them, like the mom, Danny, or him. And and they totally went off of Jack Nicholson first. Too. I mean, Rossi's our big researcher here. So maybe you can find that while we're going over this, Rossi. But it would it would almost make more sense. I, I know that Stephen King was very unhappy with the movie The Shining. Uh, because he felt like it missed all the themes from his book and, and what the, the book was supposed to be about. And it just sort of, you know, t- took a dump. <laughs> uh, took a dump on it. And, 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 oh, it's just a, a superficial horror film uh, and didn't actually get into any of the deeper meaning. So it's, it's possible. Uh, but uh, basically, there's going to be a lot of back and forth between Abra, who's kind of discovering her power here. There's another sequence where Rose tries to get to her. We get the Rose flying sequence. And um, they get in the fight with the filing cabinets. Rose trying to get in the filing cabinet. There's a lot of stuff in like dream sequences, very Inception like, uh, where Abra slams the door of the cabinet. We get the gruesome, typical Stephen King thing where the, the skin's coming off of uh, Rose's hand and everything. Um, and Abra just wants them to find the glove. So Danny goes out to find the glove. Uh, he takes um, his friend with him. Uh, and uh, well, they're really trying to find the glove or the boy here. 
so Billy goes along and he actually explained out they're basically taking Rose across state lines virtually here. Uh, she's riding in the car, but she's not actually there. Uh, the way this is all going to come together is uh, Billy, when he's sort of clued in, is like, okay, let me tell you what's going on here. Uh, I, I kind of wrote down the line here. Let me try to get to it um, where uh, he's uh, talking about, okay, so uh, either... You know, you're my best friend, but either, I mean, you have a full mental breakdown with imaginary monsters killing imaginary kids and you're completely bonkers. But if you're right, that's so much worse. Like, I love that conversation. Yeah, uh, that was good. I, I do get what you're saying. Like them flashing forward several years, you don't really get, I think, enough of, you know, the Billy and Danny yeah. friendship to believe. You have to kind of just buy in. It's been several years. He's going to trust this guy completely Yeah. for why he's going to go along with this, you know? Uh, but I, I think Billy's a great character in the movie. But yeah, I do get that maybe in the director's cut, he's it's, a lot better. Yeah, it's not as much of an impact when he dies. Yeah. Uh, and um, they eventually find the, the the kids. Do they find the body or just the glove here? The body, because remember, they they were like almost vomiting. Yeah. Because he tells the story about like when he went hunting. Mm-hmm. And then there was that deer that was dying. Oh, that was Billy, yeah. Yeah, and there was this that stench of like something actually dying and decaying and mm-hmm. that's that's yeah okay let's kind of cap it there uh before we get into all the stuff at the end well, let's go a little bit further here because uh danny meets with abra's parents <laughs> and here's where we get the second pedo comment here uh where it's like she's a 12 year old girl or whatever i didn't have touched her man <laughs> uh, another very uncomfortable moment and um, they need Abra to kind of find the location. I, this is basically a, a Star Wars moment here where the whole plan is we're using her as bait. Like that's, if you remember Attack of the Clones, Not Anakin, as well as you you're using her as bait. I just, I wrote that down because it's still a very Star Wars line. Uh, and um, uh, we get the first showdown here with the, what are they called? The, the true detective knots. Um, Rossi told you they called the true not the true knots uh, the true not true not not or true not k n o t like a knot like a like a yeah. knot in your hair <laughs> like a knot like a like you tie a knot okay so the big showdown here when they think they get Abra uh, and she eventually just uses her mind control powers she just turns into a teddy bear or whatever we get the gunshots the ambush this is Billy and Danny trying to save her. Uh, Billy ends up shooting. What's her name? Uh, Jenny, um, the pusher girl. You know, Katie. Annie. Okay. Annie. Snake bite Andy. <laughs> Snake bite Andy. Okay. Uh, he shoots her, um, and uh, Crow Daddy gets Abra, so he takes her in the car. What the heck? I was saying why What's why a, she was saying why does your notes say having a penis? This is why the the what? girl Andy. No, because Andy was angry. She was incredibly angry and willing to kill, essentially because Danny has a penis and an Adam's apple. That's what it boils down to. She, she's, she's angry at men, so she's willing to kill him. Not every guy has an Adam's apple, right? He doesn't. Or yes, does you do. every guy? I think so. Oh, I don't know. I don't Unless know. you're born without one, I don't know. I think that you, you do. That's. I don't have one. Because you're not a man. Thank you. I I had some concerns, Jamie, after nine years of marriage. I was worried. Yeah, I don't have one. Thank you. Yeah, I love that you're still checking. Like, wait a second. I'm getting nervous. You're like, hold on. I'm feeling something here. Uh, No, but yeah, basically, he's got a penis. He's got an Adam's apple. Uh, No, I'm going to kill him. Man, you're saying penis a lot. 
You started off this episode by saying I like dick. Yeah, but you know what? You're you're the type of person that's so funny. Like <laughs> you can't even say the word sex. No, I say it. I just say it quietly. Sex like that. <laughs> you can't say sex. Okay, well, I you're the one who read my notes. I was these are just here to jog my memory. I don't read every note in here. It's not a verbatim thing. <laughs> Dad thinks he's a pedo. Pedo, yeah. The pedo. dad thing exactly. You don't read it verbatim. My note says dad thinks he's a pedo. That's <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in here with the oh, people Danny's a pedo. Your, your notes are funny. <laughs> this is Ben's character in the movie, too. You know. <laughs> um, <sighs> anyways, the big shootout here. Abra's gonna take get taken hostage by Crow Daddy. We'll kind of leave it right there before we get into the big finale. Uh Rossi, anything you want to add? Uh I looked up, I read I'm re- I was reading an article about the does Jack shine? Um and there's really no answer that they give because there's in the book several times they go back and forth. Like they say, Danny says, oh, he'll be fine. He doesn't shine, so it won't bother him. Um, so they don't really have an answer. There is a line here that says if he shines, it would mean that Jack has blocked the ability from his consciousness or never knew it was there in the first place. Mm. So, But there's people out there, there's enough people out there who believe possibly, this theory that they're writing it, right? I mean, it's a, it's a theory that I think that they say in this article that like that's what King wants us to do, or, like theorize whether this is a real thing or not. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. It would be interesting either. I think it, either way, it, it makes it more interesting if you look into it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool that it's just left unsaid. Yeah. Anything yeah. else and you want to add? Uh, not much. This is. I was like a little. I did fall into the movie at this point. Like I was like on the the twists and the turns of everything when i was like oh they they got all the true knot and they're like oh but there's one more and then he was at the house already so like i thought that i was like into that like i thought that that was really like i didn't expect that maybe i was just too engrossed in the movie to notice but like i thought it was good um and this is where she says kill yourself um the movie oh my goodness i'm old and uncomfortable Uh, jamie your turn Oh, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> Any of the stuff we just covered. Give, give me a cue. Any of the stuff we just covered. Baseball boy. Uh, Rose's Inception style fights with Abra. Grocery S- stores. Room flipping. Sorry, the thing that's filing like, cabinet. sticking out most in my head is us talking about penis. <laughs> um, They didn't show Ewan McGregor's penis, but maybe they should have. No, he's shown it a lot, though. There are many movies out there with Ewan McGregor. There may not be. I've never seen it, may... but now I'm going to look for it. <laughs> Ewan McGregor may have shown his penis more than any other actor alive. Let me just say that. Well, you were the one to point out to me that other guy with the, like, I don't know if it was a nice schlong or just a big, big schlong. Michael Fassbender? Yeah. And no, the, I didn't and point it out to nice. you. I just simply said, you said, what is this guy known for? And I said, he's known for showing his dink yeah in a movie called shame but but you know what though okay let's let's just put this out there one one quick thing and i'll move on because i don't want to spend the whole rest of the episode talking about penis <laughs> but no you do let's be honest you do but we just don't want you to but continue speaking honestly <laughs> from a woman all right that's what you're here for feminine voice it is not, I'm not saying that a big dick isn't attractive. Oh, come on. And you know, there's that whole saying, like big dick energy, which, 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 by the way, which, by the way, Colin has never heard of it. Rossi, have you ever heard of that saying, big dick energy? 
Yes. You see, yeah. Rossi knows. He knows what's going on. All right. Anyway, well. anyways, I'm not saying that it's not nice to look at. Just like a guy wouldn't want to look at like big jugs or a big butt on a woman, whatever, whatever his taste is. But it's not the size that matters. It is how you use it. Because you can be, <laughs> she had that same look on her face, like mm-hmm. yeah. Because you could be like, you could be like huge and really bad. What or, does any of this or, have to do? Or with like Dr. you Sleep? could you could be really hot and kiss like a fish. You are very, bad kisser out. You are very worked up right now, and none of this has anything with Doctor Sleep. I have no clue where this comes from. Anyway, no, it was it was just a rabbit trail. Okay, <laughs> but but. You know, it was really interesting, actually, when they were uh, um, kind of trying to throw you off, like Rossi said, where their crow daddy was actually at the house, mm-hmm. uh, because they were trying to outsmart them, and it, and it didn't work. Uh, you know, like they were going to inject her, obviously, with um, what is it called? Um, where you fall, yeah, where you fall asleep, yeah. And it was a teddy bear, but she obviously was projecting that so she could uh, use her shine to actually make them think that that was her. But it it was really interesting actually um, how she was able to even change her room and things like that. But somehow they still saw all through that and were able to come catch her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I I feel bad that the the dad died. The mom wasn't there though, right? Wasn't she out of the house or something? What happens to the mom in this movie? Well, she's living at the end. But she, maybe Rossi knows more about that. I don't know. Um, she leaves to go see the grandmother who's like dying. Oh, okay. What That's a convenient what it was. plot. I remember th- we need to get one parent well, out they, of here. Like, oh, grandma's sick. Well, they interesting. Like another book thing that I read is that the, like the, the one of her, like the grandmother that's dying is like, apparently she shines in the book. Oh, okay. But they don't talk about it. So is I this guess the same more, one that got it on with Jack. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's say it is. Let's say. But like one of her, you know, like this grandmother, like she shines. So like, anyway, but the mother goes to see this, grand, this is her grandmother. So she's mm-hmm. gone. Um, but in the book, the dad also doesn't die. Like in the, in the movie, they kill him. But in the book, he's still alive. Mm. Interesting. Because oh. hmm. they need to set up the next sequel. Yeah, or, or like, is there... Uh, any plans for that? There's, well, we'll get to it on the end. There was plans for something else, which probably isn't going to happen. But um, yeah, anyway, so thank you for your rant, Jamie, that had nothing to do with the movie. Do you like the shootout scene? Yes, I, yes, I do like Dick. No, do you oh, like no, the shootout? I, I like the shootout scene. Okay, yeah, you like the baseball boy? You like no, I don't like little boys. No, okay. He's he's a good actor. He is a Come great on, actor. Come on, Colin. Yeah. A grown woman and a little boy on a park bench. What are people going to think? <laughs> Yeah. Have you seen Luca yet? No. I, I, I'm gonna I say I was going to watch it after this. But oh, okay. I mean, I, I, I honestly didn't to. spoil anything. I spoiled the opening scene, which is the plot of the movie. But uh, it's actually... I, I mean, I see the little, the posters and, and you know, everything. Yeah. So. It, it's, it's actually a really good movie. Like, I'll, I'll say, you know, I like Pixar movies. I don't go in my way to watch them. This might be, I think, the best one that I've seen since even WALL-E. Like, I, I really again. enjoyed it. Would it crack your top 50 movies of all time? Not of all time. Maybe of this current decade. <laughs> we'll see once we get closer to the end of the decade. But it's a good movie. It's, it's, it's you know, not quite Toy Story. It's not quite Finding Nemo. 
but it's up it's, there. It's a very good feel good movie. Yeah, it's fun. It's different. Uh, anyways, so final act of the movie here. Abra's been kidnapped by Crawdaddy, Crowdaddy, um, and say it right. Crawdaddy. Uh, is it Crow or Craw? I don't know if this is autocorrect on here. It's Crowdaddy. Crowdaddy, the Crow. You and your gonorrhea speech. Gucci's gonorrhea. Uh, so we get the moment with Danny with the bottle, which this I felt like sort of came out of nowhere. It's actually a good moment. It's a good dramatic moment, but it came out of nowhere. Uh, I feel like there could have been a little bit more of a build of this because you almost forget this has been several years and he's sober and all that. But um, this moment where he's calling out for Tony. He's help me, Tony. The, help me, Tony. Yeah. Is this not, let's go back to Star Wars. Is this not the Ben, Ben, please. The Luke moment from Empire Strikes Back. It's the exact same thing. I don't remember. As, anytime as well I see you in McGregor, I can see anything Star Wars in it. Uh, but he eventually puts the bottle away he finds Abra remotely and uh, with his shining, his shinning, as the Simpsons uh, would call it. And he takes over her body. Um, let's not go too deep into that one. So <laughs> uh, there's a lot of like weird things in here. If he's like, you know, I took over your daughter's body, then the dad's really going to kill him. Well, the dad's dead also, as you said. Uh, so as he takes over, okay, I'm going to have a little bit of criticism. I actually don't mind the actress that plays Abra. She's all right. But there's two issues. One of this is an issue with just horror movies in general. And I don't think it was the actress's fault. I think it is the director's fault. What I am going to blame her more for is the first part, which is I don't feel like this is Ewan McGregor here. And what's even more confusing is some of the trivia you sent me, Jamie, said that this girl basically followed Ewan McGregor around on the set so she could copy his every mannerism, the way he stands and everything. She's a kid. You know, maybe this is the best she could do, but like, to me, this was a 11-year-old girl playing herself, just saying different lines of dialogue. I didn't feel like at any point this was Ewan McGregor taking over her body. Yeah, I, I didn't really get that. But you, that's what's supposed to happen in the scene, correct? Yeah, that, that they're, again, trying to trick her. Yeah, but I mean, Crow Daddy does not realize that this is Danny who's taken over her body. Um, and until she basically says, well, she starts saying things like, oh, this feels like the, a really the bad hangover. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, that was a cool idea, like of this little, yeah, really like pre high school girl saying, man, I haven't had a hangover like this in years. Like, I yeah. think that's like a funny way of do, like handling it. It's just like a funny development. It was clever. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a great idea for a scene. It's just to me, what ruins it is outside of unless you're analyzing the dialogue because it's not that clear in watching the movie this is what's happening unless you're really analyzing the dialogue you don't get that somebody's taken over a body there's little they could have just had her eyes rolling in the back of her head something i, I don't uh that's just you it's not just jamie agrees with me don't just automatically put me in the boat that i you, agree with you i just asked you and you said yeah yeah i get what you're saying no i i i understand what well, so now the rossi's on the other page you want to gang up against me is that what this is don't make me choose between you. Turned you turned her against me. <laughs> don't make me choose between you. <laughs> Colin, I, I don't um, trust your judgment after you didn't know that girl was deaf in a quiet place. <laughs> no, uh, I I don't think that she seems like you and McGregor. Um, but I, I'm not saying that I... I like the scene for what it is, for what Rossi's saying. Like, that, that funny... Mm -hmm um cl cleverness where you have this girl that 
she doesn't seem like she could ever have done any drugs or drinking or anything and and then she's talking about being hung over and stuff like that it was oh this girl gets wasted that, every weekend that that honest. doesn't it, it it doesn't come across as you and mcgregor it's just how adult she seems seems so funny abra snorting coke on recess at school like okay colin that's why this is not oh, believable and she and she's snorting gonorrhea i'm telling how that makes sense well okay <laughs> well okay anyways uh great moment though where she basically says you know uh about putting on the she he doesn't have the seat belt uh and obviously crow daddy just goes in does he die here yes yeah okay so he dies uh danny does uh get her they go off to colorado so this is the this is completely different rossi you can fill us in on what the original ending is i kind of read up on it on what the original ending is which i think was more of just another showdown with rose and her cult uh but instead they're going back to the original hotel because if you're doing the sequel to the shining you have to have the hotel in it. i mean the hotel is the main character if you were to ask people what's the main character of the shining people are going to associate the hotel above even jack nicholson that's just the visual you get uh so they do go here and um they recreate some of the flashbacks of uh, the bathroom door and all that and uh danny tells rose not rose he tells uh, abra to stay outside uh, when he goes inside, he actually meets up with a bartender and we get, uh, this is supposed to be Jack as the bartender here, yeah. but Danny in his state of mind is not visualizing this. Now I'm going to do it one more time. Who knows the name of the actor or what we've seen this actor in who's playing Jack here. Henry Thomas. Yes. But who's Henry Thomas? No idea. I just saw it in your notes. All right. I am going to show you Jamie, uh, Henry Thomas. We've watched one of his movies recently. This is who plays jack nicholson in the shining okay right now you're only seeing pictures of an adult here you'll see him as a child oh et he's the kid from et that's elliot from et so et to playing jack nicholson i mean that's brilliant casting now the reason he's actually in this i i, I just wondered why of all people henry thomas like henry thomas is a decent dramatic actor now as an adult there's a movie we actually just talked about the movie uh yesterday because you you were making me watch pride and prejudice the bbc miniseries and I was mixing it up with this movie called I Capture the Castle, which was the first thing I saw Henry Cavill in when he was like 19. And I said, this guy could be Superman in 10 years. And 10 years later, he was Superman. But Henry Thomas, when he was like in his mid-20s, was in this movie, I Capture the Castle. Great dramatic actor. But the reason he's randomly in this movie is because the director of this, the previous thing he'd worked on was a made-for-TV movie of another Stephen King adaptation called Gerald's Game, and Henry Thomas was in that. Hmm. So it is weird that just randomly you're taking the kid from E.T. and making him Jack Nicholson, but he really pulls it off. Like, at no mo moment, is, and I've seen Henry Thomas as an adult, at no moment watching this am I thinking, that's Henry Thomas. You're thinking that's a guy doing a really good Jack Nicholson. So, Yeah, I wouldn't have recognized him, to be honest. Yeah, but he, he does do a great Jack Nicholson this. But I love that we get the flashback of him going through the door, that here's Johnny and all that. Uh, when Rose enters the hotel and the, the blood just starts pouring out, you get that reaction from her where she smiles. It's like, she's, this place is great. <laughs> I'm moving in. You know <laughs> get what, my bags. What's really interesting, actually, that uh, that was in the special features talking about that is um, if you pay attention, um, it it'll be hard to tell you have to really pay attention but um they actually go out of their way to uh change the angles that they're filming filming um the blood pouring in like that uh they said that 
in the original you were seeing it more from Danny's point of view like lower mm. but if you actually pay attention when Rose is seeing it it's actually from her height being higher so they they wanted to duplicate the shot exactly but they wanted it to look like from, you were seeing the it from point, her of point of view yeah. yeah which makes total sense yeah, yeah. uh it would almost be distracting because you're if you're seeing it from the kid's point of view uh but uh the big battle here that's going to happen is a lot of Abra creating illusions for Rose. We get a, a re, a redo of the labyrinth sequence here. Uh, almost puts Rose into a box. She just misses being boxed in the labyrinth. I love they went back to the labyrinth. Like to me, that's what, what I loved about the shining when I first saw it was just the whole environment that Stanley Cooper created. The, the hotel felt like a real place. It was big. Every, the labyrinth felt big, you know, everything felt big. Uh, it's great that he went back there. Uh, there's uh, a moment where Rose, uh, when they talk about her being the last or something, it's like, oh yeah, when, when gone am I, the last of the knots you will be or something like that. And she says, I'm not the last, I'm just the prettiest. Like that was a brilliant line. Uh, she is such a good villain for somebody yeah. who's, oh, yeah. who I've really only seen play heroes in movies. Like um, there was another movie she made with Mike. You'll appreciate Michael Fassbender, Jamie. Uh, what was the name of the movie? Um, it, it was actually it was actually quite a bad movie. It was kind of like a detective story. Uh, but uh, anyways, yeah, th that and then the um, um, gr Greatest Showman or whatever. To see her playing a, not just a villain, but like a really evil villain. Like I'm going to say she's at Jack Nicholson level of insanity in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's completely different. The look that they gave her, the hat and all that, it's just fantastic. Who, uh, who who was your favorite character in this movie, Rossi? Abra. Abra's your favorite? Okay, so I want to plug yours because here's where my criticism of Abra comes, okay? Uh, so as we wrap up the movie here, um, we're going to have Danny sort of turning on Abra, but first of all, we get the whole thing with the boxes. Rose reads Danny's mind, wants to see what's in the boxes, and we get that, that big moment where he's like, you know, uh, uh, what was he says about them being starving? Uh, they're not yeah, special. But... They're starving. And then they just eat Rose alive, which is just an incredible ending. But this is where Danny starts to get taken over by the monsters or the ghosts in the hotel. And he starts turning on Abra. Now, here's my issue with Abra in this movie. They make her, this is the part where I'm blaming the director and not her. They make her way too brave. There's not a single moment here where she seems like she's afraid. What works in The Shining is you have this little boy who is incredibly powerful, as powerful as Abra is, and he's terrified. Um, what worked in the earlier scenes with the kids, uh, I, I praise that earlier with Violet and with the baseball kid, is they look terrified. Jamie, you remember one of the first episodes we ever did in the Oz Network for Alien Covenant? Yes. Do you remember what my complaint was about the lead characters in that movie? Uh, I think it was the same type of thing where they just had no fear. Yeah, they you, you can't they were just be too brave. You can't be scared watching a movie where the lead characters aren't terrified. Oh, it, that it, movie is still terrifying. Alien Covenant, not as... You're thinking Prometheus more. Alien oh, Covenant yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, Prometheus. But creepy, I think it's creepy. a real problem that Abra is just like, bring it on, Danny. <laughs> the idea is they're trying to make her such a strong character. And sure, that works. It makes her like a really cool character. But you sacrifice the terror part for the audience, which is what, especially if you're going to the original Shining, people remember the wife's reaction as he's chopping through that door as much as they remember oh, yeah. her. Oh yeah. When Danny is basically going catatonic and, and completely frozen when he sees the blood pouring in in those twins, that's what you remember. 
you you remember the fear that people have and that's what makes you scared Abra not being scared kind of ruins this whole end of the movie to me uh but anyways the whole the whole ending ends up being uh the boiler room are you poking me for a reason you trying to get a sentence in yes okay then speak you can now i i just want to quickly ask you who your favorite is and i will actually say that my favorite character of the movie is rose i would be split between rose and danny i would take danny only because it's the exact opposite of what i thought i was going to get uh you think you're going to get that that danny from the first 20 minutes and it's going to be more of that battle we don't really get him becoming jack in the last 10 minutes of this movie and it's it's blinking you miss it i mean that's kind of the end here is that He's going crazy and, you know, it's like, a, get out of here, Abra. You know, I'm going to kill you. And she sort of wins him over. He goes in the boiler room. He blows the boiler room up. Um, we get that shine on, Abra. <laughs> it's just a little bit too cheesy for me. Uh, it all ends with the bathtub ladies. Abra now has the, the creepy naked lady in the bathtub. Uh, but, you know, what I like about Danny is that we, we get moments of what you thought you were going to get, which is he's fighting becoming Jack. For the most part, he is the exact opposite of Jack. He has everything. He's a recovering alcoholic, but he has everything together in this movie. Did, did he really need to die? I think so. You think so? What do you think, Rossi? Well, we can talk, I can talk about it later when we talk about the book, unless you want me to do it. Well, let's just cover everything. I mean, we basically just wrapped up the movie, so, so give me all your thoughts. Uh, I'll talk about the book, and then I'll say what i think okay um so obviously in the end of the shining the hotel burns down so there's no hotel to them to go in this movie um but in the beginning of dr sleep the true not set up camp on the site of the burned hotel so the climax of the book is the same location just the hotel is no longer there i think so they don't really specify when i'm reading okay um but they end up setting up camp there. And so, and then even within the thing, the, the, the spirits are still there um, in the book. Jack plays a large role. He, he like helps defeat Rose. They like push her off like a huge building and she dies that way. Oh, so Jack gets his redemption moment in Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Like, I guess so. Helping out, you know, his son. up in the sky waving bye danny i actually really want to read the books now (laughs) well stephen king you're gonna get through a lot of rambling and then the ending for danny is obviously is going to be a lot different it's it's actually even happier in the book um because he's not going to blow up in the hotel because the hotel's already blown up Mm -hmm. um he defeats they defeat rose and he goes back to a normal life um, you know, they, he it says here, the, however, the book version of Dan is happy and healthy, celebrating 15 years of sobriety at Abra's 15th birthday party. See, I don't, I don't think I want that ending. I don't know. Rossi, what do you think? I, I don't love the ending we got, but I agree that I don't want the, like, it's all rainbows now yeah. idea. Cause that's not what the shining was. Mm-hmm. It would have been cool know. for it to go on for them to uh, almost go like, cause she doesn't really have that many people. Like, I mean, I think she has her mom left, but, and her mom kind of seems to understand, like I'm talking about Abra, Yeah. but She's her mom, the lady of the bathtub. No, no, <laughs> no, but she has her mom and her mom box. kind of understands <laughs> her shine. But even at the end of the movie, it seems like she still really doesn't, 
fully get it. Like she's not able to be herself. It would have been cool almost if they had like this van of, you know, mysteries like Scooby-Doo and they went around the, the world Wait, so- like, trying to murder other people that were basically like soul stealers, like Shang Tsung, your soul is mine. Wait, so you want the ending of this where Abra and Danny become vigilantes towards psychic people? You know what? What's what's that that quote where it's like, I always thought we'd go around solving. That's another Simpsons one. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, what's Homer, is this what you thought married life would be like? Pretty much, except we drove around a van solving mysteries. Yeah. See. I, I, okay. I'll, the problem with that is that it's a typical sequel. That th- that ending and even the ending you're describing from the book to me screams, "Hey, part two's coming!" You know, one year later, something else goes wrong. But I mean, the, in, even in the movie that we watched most recently, we we watched, um, Rossi, do you ever see The Witches? No. Okay, well, there's the classic one, which was really, really good, and they remade it. But in this remake that they had Is at the end movie? of the Did movie... Did we not cover that? Where was that? That, that was The Craft. Oh, yeah. The Craft. This isn't, oh. The Witches is not Another nearly witch. as bad. <laughs> but, but at the end of the movie, I mean, I'm not going to spoil all the details for people but that's what i was trying to think in my head what the the explanation you were giving what that was you just described the ending of the witches yeah hey guess what we got a mission people no i don't want that yeah well that's what i'm saying like it's something like that though but like where 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 there's some type of continuation going on i like the full seek or full full circle moment of danny was talking to dick and now Mm-hmm. Abra is now talking to Danny. I like yeah. that well, full we, circle moment of that. Because we also we don't get that firm moment where they're like Danny's dead. It just sort of flashes forward and you see him talking in the room, and then you sort of realize he's dead. Like that's it's, it's nice and subtle. But yeah, like you said, it's 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 sort of setting the stage for the new generations. What I like about that is the same way that the ending of The Shining it doesn't tell you a sequel's coming, but then thirty years later, forty years later, we get Doctor Sleep. To me, the ending of this Doctor Sleep says the same thing. You know what? We wrapped up the ending here, but hey, you saw what we did with Doctor Sleep 30, 40 years from now? We got Abra's story. It can be the last thing that Stephen King makes money off of. He'll be dead long before then. <laughs> Anybody else want to talk about any of the other stuff in the climax? <laughs> he said climax. <sighs> <laughs> I'm good. Um, you've seen Ready Player One, Rossi? No, you haven't. No, I've okay, seen well, Ready or Not. But oh yeah, Ready, well, Player Ready or Not's better than Ready Player One. But Ready Player One, I feel like, sort of set the stage for the revival of The Shining because I don't think you're just necessarily going to make this as tied to The Shining. Is if people hadn't seen, there's a long sequence in Ready Player One where they do. Uh, a complete recreation of the environment of The Shining and the hotel and all that. It's sort of like a level in the video game Ready Player One that was probably one of the biggest sequences of the movie. Uh, but, I mean, there was a lot of excitement for this movie. Jamie, you want have anything else you want to add about the ending here? Uh, no, I think we talked about everything and wrapped it up. Okay, so as far as you said about the sequel, uh, no, there's no plans on the sequel. But before this movie even came out, the writer and director had plans on doing a prequel called The Overlook, which would have been about the hotel. All the ghosts that were there before Jack becomes the caretaker. Oh, that would be interesting. Before that, director even had the idea. Development of this movie, before the Doctor Sleep novel was written, the studio, Warner Brothers, was working on a prequel called The Overlook. So they sort of had the, before they even were determined they were going to make Doctor Sleep, they said, we want to make this shining prequel. 
So this movie comes out, the plans were already in place to do the prequel. This movie does not do well. So uh, going over the box office here, um, it doesn't do terrible, but I mean, $72 million worldwide. Uh, we're looking at, you know, only about half of that domestically. The movie costs about 50, $60 million. It does lose money when you're taking in marketing and all that. Uh, but it was a very well-received movie. So that's why I think this is one of these things. We're not going to get a sequel right away. We may get a sequel one day, uh, but it's not going to be uh, anytime soon because it just didn't make enough money. They, they pretty much have had no new news on this prequel overlook since um, this movie came out. Uh, opening weekend. Uh, I remember, I, you're not going to remember this, but uh, we about once a year will go away we don't do it for the last couple of years because we can't go anywhere, but we'll, we'll go away somewhere before our honeymoon or our honeymoon. What do you call it? Anniversary. Anniversary. Yeah. We have a honeymoon every year. Uh, but before anniversary, we'll go somewhere. And um, the year this came out was the year the twins were born. Now some, your parents were watching Casper, yeah. but we had to take the twins with us. So it wasn't like something where we really had freedom to go anywhere, but you, you always feel bad because I never get to go see movies so you had told me, you know what? I'm tired. Why don't you go see, see a movie? And this was like late at night. We're in uh, Grand Forks or Fargo or something like that. And uh, I'm like, oh, Dr. Sleep's playing. And it was like a 10 o'clock showing or something like that. But I'm like, oh, I don't want to be out till like one in the morning in a city. I don't know. No, even though it was walking distance, the movie theater. Midway was also coming out, uh, which was a war movie that looked fairly cheesy, but actually wasn't too bad. And John Cena in playing with fire. <laughs> One of John Cena's uh, knockoffs of the pacifier, the tough guys doing kids movies. Uh, that weekend, four movies were released. Midway ends up number one, uh, considerably higher than Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep, which was expected to make a ton of money, opens in second place with only $14 million. Uh, playing with fire makes only $1.4 million less. John Cena in a kid's movie, made $1.4 million less than Dr. Sleep. So this movie does not live up to the expectations of what people had financially, but it was incredibly well-received. Wait, when did it come out again? Uh, November, October, no, November, November, 2019. So the movie was, you know, a was, year and a half ago. Was that when COVID hit already? No, this would have been months before COVID. Oh, okay. This movie was out on Blu-ray. All oh, right, they COVID. called it COVID nineteen, but it didn't really actually start going around till February you, or March till the next year, right? Yes, uh, I don't think the nineteen in COVID is due to the year, though. Uh, I thought that that's when it was. Is when they first actually documented it. I don't think so. I think it could be so. I, I could be wrong. Rossi, do you know where does the nineteen come from in COVID nineteen? Um, that's the hour that they made it. <laughs> the nineteenth hour. 19th. hour? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll research this while everybody's talking at the end here. Uh, but anyway, so this comes out. I'm sure I remember everyone's dying to know about this crucial yes. date. <laughs> uh, all right. So what does COVID-19 stand for? Here we go. Uh, CO stands for Corona. Vi stands for virus. D stands for disease. Uh, 2019 or 2019 COVID-19 virus. The new virus. Right. Oh, so I was right. right. Wow. Jamie, that's not bad. Why do you always treat me like an idiot? I don't. I'm just surprised I'm when you about. say something smart. It's, sorry, I think you just... Uh, anyway. Okay, Colin. So in the end, this movie loses about $20 million for the studio because we've taken marketing budgets and all that. Uh, doesn't live up to it. But critically, gets great reviews. 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. I remember when this came out, people were like shocked. They're like, somebody made a sequel to The Shining, something that you should never do. You should never make a sequel to Shining. And it really works. Uh, so it, it gets great reviews. 
Um, I'll read a couple things here. Um, some guy from RogerReaper.com gave it three out of four stars. Said that Flanagan, that's the director, was tasked with making a sequel to a film that stays loyal to a book that ignores the changes made in the first movie. That ain't easy. And while one can sometimes feel Flanagan struggling to satisfy both King and Kubrick fans when he really should be trusting his own vision, he's talented enough to pull off uh, this difficult blend of legacies. Um, incredible review here. Nicholas Barber gave a four out of five stars. Says, credible in his characterization, rich in mythological detail, and touchingly sincere in his treatment of alcoholism and trauma. The film is impressive in all sorts of ways. I feel like it kind of misses the boat on the alcoholism thing. It's there, but it's sort of just gone from the movie and then they bring it back. So I said it's sort of random when they bring it back in there. So I don't know if they really hit the mark on it the way that The Shining did. Rossi, thoughts? Uh, yeah, it was kind of like filler development character stuff. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a, a negative where I'm like, oh, this is really taking away from the character or the movie or something like that. It just, yeah. it just didn't add as much as you might think. Uh, Jamie, before I get your review on that, let's do one more actor. Where have I seen them before? The guy who plays Grandpa Flick in this movie. Do you recognize him? Mm, no. He's Lurch in the Adams Family. Oh, okay. Wow, I didn't realize mm. this guy's still alive. Good for you, Carol Struken. Um, all right, so... <laughs> just... Must be because he had that mole removed. <laughs> oh, okay, Jamie. <laughs> Um, I don't know where, where this would fall here under good movie, bad movie or whatever. Um, let's look up a one star review. Cause if, I feel like this movie's fairly well received. Uh, so let's go to one star reviews here and then we'll, uh, get some opinions. We'll do plot keywords. I'm just stalling for time so I can search for plot keywords. Uh, one star <laughs> review. What are you laughing at? The, the title here should be called. You will fall asleep. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Yeah, one star review here. Uh, Ab Driving wrote, should be called You Will Fall Asleep. Is it me? I thought this film was so slow and mixed uh, up. I was so bored. I fell asleep. What a waste of time. Waste is in your waste of your body. Why is it every time somebody writes a bad review, thinks they're so smart, they have so much grammar mistakes? Yeah, Stanley Kubrick would be turning in his grave at this one. I should have painted a door and watched it dry. That would have been more enjoyable. (laughs) uh one of uh the worst films i've seen years straight to tv feel i don't i wouldn't go that far with it another another haunted house story from flanning we should mention this is the guy jamie you, you're a fan of something else this flanning guy has done uh he does those haunting of hill house haunting of bly manor tv shows mm, the first one that they came out with was good the second one was bad it was very boring the second one kept mm. waiting for something to happen and nothing ever happened it was mm. very weird yeah rossi are you a fan of uh the haunting of Hill House, whatever those shows. I haven't seen it. Yeah, didn't think so. Yeah, the, the first one was Hill House, right? Because that one Hill House was, was the first, yeah. Yeah, that one was really, really good. And then the the Bly Manor, it's like you kept waiting for them to go somewhere with the story. And then I'm not joking with you. It was like the last episode. I'm like, what? 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 So. Um, I'm having, I hate IMDb's new layout because I'm struggling to find plot keywords here. I'm going to keep looking. But uh, let's... Um, Let's... I could guess them. I'll guess the the plot keywords. What oh, naked okay. woman in a bathtub month? Um... <laughs> bathtub month, yes. Naked miniature, woman in a bathtub month. <laughs> miniature town month. Okay, now now uh, what movies can you name where there's a, a naked woman in a bathtub? Oh, I know one. Nightmare on Elm Street. Br- Br- Bride of Chucky. 
I don't remember. Bride she, of she gets electrocuted in the bathtub watching TV. Um, I, I did find I'll some plot keywords here, so I'm going to see if bathtub's okay. among them. Uh, <laughs> naked old lady in bathtub. Bathtub is a month, uh, so that's something. Um, soul eater month. Extreme self-confidence month. What does that mean? <laughs> Extreme self-confidence? Doctor Sleep is number one. It is the only film that has a plot keyword of extreme self-confidence. Female friend till nudity. Yeah, well, that one always comes up. Uh, Jamie's looking that's, for male it's friend. It's an adult film. That's why that came up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, crumbling to dust. Crumbling to dust month. Uh, featuring Doctor Sleep, Lady Dracula, The Phantom oh, the Baron. The has got to be in there for that one. Scooby-Doo and Guess Who. Um, Torchwood. Uh, new Looney Tunes? Wow. Okay, uh, let's see if we can find a few others. One here, Ohio Month, Arrogance Month. A lot of people are hung up. self What is the hang-up on self-confidence in this movie? And what, what about the Stabbed with a Syringe Month? Yeah, let's let's go with Stabbed with Syringe Month, Doctor Sleep, The Owners, Urge, and Zamana Diwana, uh, which is a 1990 film. 1990 film. It's a 1995 film. Um, <laughs> well, we got Bathtub. Uh, Little League Baseball Month. Violence Against a Child. Oh, there we go. Violence Against a Child Month. This is Um, what we all came here for. Uh, It, Dr. Sleep, Peanut Butter Falcon, and Sexy Beast. I do not want to dig deeper into Sexy Beast and Violence Against Children. Uh, Anyways, I love that the top two are Stephen King. Like, Stephen King, you got issues. Rossi, um, we'll do two things here. (gasps) We'll do, yes, there's a picture of Henry Cavill on IMDb, Jamie. Uh, Mm. (laughs) We will do... You want to buy it, rent it, or bin it, but also where are you going to rank this among our four films in our seven weeks of month? Do we do them along the way, or is this? Uh, do we do what? Do we do this along the way? Do we have what? Do I have a one, two, three, or is this? You can make it up as you go along. I mean, I can remind you of the okay. movies if it helps. I know no, that there's I only one you bought. This one. Well, are you okay. buying this one? I don't know. Okay, we'll decide now. Do you want Jamie to go first? Yes, I don't know. Jamie, buy it, rent it, bin it. You're going to buy it, right? You did buy it. I did buy it. I bought it for you, but... Yes. All right. Because uh, you don't so make money. You buy you. it. All right. You're my, you're my sugar daddy. As I just said, you don't make money. <laughs> yeah. My only job in life right now is to watch my children and make sure they don't die. Yeah, well... Better than Stephen King. Today, I don't think either of us succeeded very well. No, they're still alive, but it was a close call. Uh all right, so I'm don't, going don't to... Don't follow that up. I'm going to buy it. I said at the beginning, I think this is the best movie we've covered this month. I don't necessarily know if this is the one I'm going to go back to the most because it is a long movie. It is a heavy movie. Uh, I can't go to sleep watching this every single night, but I, I, I do think it's the best of the four we did. Uh, but I'm going to... So we did Strangers Pray at Night. We did Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. And we did Cloverfield Lane. Clover. Yeah. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put Doctor Sleep number one. I think I'm gonna put Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two number two. <laughs> do, do you own those movies? No, but I would. Oh. Uh, I'm gonna put Ten Cloverfield Lane number three, and I'm gonna put Strangers Pray at Night number four. But I'm just gonna say all these movies are fantastic. I I, I get such a kick out of all of them. Yeah, we didn't have any bad bad ones, so mm-hmm. that was a bonus. Um, I think I'm just gonna rent this movie. Um, and I feel like keep in mind I only watched this once for the three hours, whereas you guys have watched it like twice, twice and you and said that ten. You have like a 
you get more out of it the second time and the third time. So I feel like having only watched it once, I'll, I'll rent it because the first hour I was like, oh, like Dr. Sleep. Um, <laughs> and in terms of ranking, I think it's going to be close, but I'm going to switch one and two. So it's going to go Freddy, Dr. Sleep, 10, and then uh, and then Strangers Strange. Great Night. Yeah. All right. Jamie, do you remember any of those other movies? 10 Cloverfield Lane? Did she watch them? Yeah, that one. Mona Flowers, John Goodman. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I wasn't really a huge fan of that movie the first time that I watched it, but then I had it grow on me the more times that I watched it, actually. But it was way better than the first one, like like Cloverfield. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, you didn't like Cloverfield. You don't remember Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, or I don't think you've ever seen it. I never watched that with you. And I I have seen it a really long time ago, but I don't remember anything. And Strangers Pray at Night, do you remember me showing that to you? Yeah, it was okay. It was just okay. Yeah, I like it. Uh, anyways. I forgot to tell my story, which is very oh, short. Yeah. Go and for your story. It's not really a story. But I Keep was going to tell you the first, <laughs> the first time I watched, was trying to was going to watch this movie, Tucked Her Sleep. And that ended up being an Italian movie with Korean subtitles. <laughs> but I didn't realize it at first. Because I was like, oh, maybe this is a... Like this a, is some weird thing Stephen King likes to do. Like, I just thought it was the beginning. So, like, I watched the whole beginning with Violet and everything. And I was like, okay, maybe this is just this part. And then <laughs> and I was like, this is not the right movie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's my story. But you actually watched this movie, which is more than we can say for everything you've covered on here. True. Yes, I have not watched Battlefield Earth. Still, <laughs> even though I quote it the most. It's, you know, it's super corny, but it's actually a really good movie. No, I, I wouldn't call it a good movie. It's a fun movie for being corny. Um, what do we have coming next? So this episode is coming out um, a couple weeks late, but uh, it's actually a good thing because I'm pretty sure we still don't have movie theaters open here. But I'm pretty sure that the six weeks has elapsed and A Quiet Place Part Two is able to be released uh, for purchase now for streaming. So I'm sure Jamie and I are going to watch it this weekend. Rossi, have you seen it yet? No. Okay. Are you planning to see it? Well, of course. Okay. The whole Kickstarter for all this horror that we've been doing. So we might be bringing you a review of A Quiet Place Part 2 very soon uh, as we've now wrapped up. Remember that thing we talked about, Jamie? (laughs) Sorry, I just have to stand up. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but I don't want, like, Rossi to just be checking out my boobs. Okay. So I'm over here. You, want, you guys want to hear it? There's a, <laughs> let me just say this. There is an upcoming episode of Double Oz 7. If people want to listen to it, I won't. I don't know when it's going to air, but if just listen to Double Oz 7. There is a moment where Ben changes his background picture to... Um, uh, let me just say he changes not be my boobs. no he, he changes his background picture to something and you don't see the face you only see the body and i'm asking ben who's the girl that you, is in your background and he just laughs and he says that's noah when he was fat so i oh, i legitimately that's so mean that's not mean i didn't you couldn't see the face you just saw i saw some boobs no. i said no, that's, that's who's the girl that's mean of Ben. He shouldn't have said that. That's ben didn't say it. I said it. But I didn't realize who it was because he couldn't see the face. Uh, but I, I stopped myself short of saying nice rack and it would have turned out to be Noah. That would have been very awkward. Uh, but yeah, no, Noah's in good shape right now. So uh, <laughs> You mean like that one time when you thought- They can't hear you when you're 10 feet away from the microphone, Jamie. You mean, awkward? You mean like that one time where 
you thought that somebody was me and you were going to go up behind them to grab them yeah that, that would have been else. really embarrassing yeah it was oh. it was a different person i i, I caught myself i i, I, mean, oh, I would have paid to see that <laughs> yeah he, he was gonna come okay. up and, he was gonna come up and like grab my bum all right so let's 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 <laughs> while we're doing embarrassing stories here jamie how about the time where jamie calls me on her break or uh, not i was on a break or something like that and she calls me and she's in the middle of a conversation and i'm like jamie where are you and she's like i'm in the bathroom like she was in a public restroom right this is this isn't an embarrassing story for me well though. well yeah this is normal but but it should be for another person and and all of a sudden she goes quiet she goes wait shh don't say anything i'm like what, what do you mean don't say anything I, i'm on the other line of the line quiet. and i just hear her like walking there's, there's cl- cl- boots big clumping boots yeah and like a minute later she goes as a I walked into the men's washroom and I didn't even realize it until I looked up and saw a six foot five man above the stall. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, no, you got to listen. Okay, what, what happened was I, I went into the bathroom and I, I mean, I was on the phone with somebody, so I wasn't, I was not going to take a dump. I just had to go pee. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just peeing, okay? I don't take, I don't take the phone and, and like take a dump with someone on the phone. I have boundaries you have class uh, yes yes i do <laughs> and so anyway so I'm, I'm i'm sitting there on the toilet and i hear these big clomping boots and i'm like thinking to myself I'm like if, if that's a woman like that that's a big girl <laughs> <laughs> like these boots are big like steel toe man heavy boots and so all of a sudden like i i hear the walking stop and obviously zipper and then start peeing and this person hasn't walked into a stall and then it clicks into me i'm like okay i'm i'm in the men's room <laughs> and so then what happened was i realized where i was and i i didn't even wait for the guy to be done and leave <laughs> I just got up and walked out while he was while he was in midstream still because I, I walked into now, the one. Now let me just say but that's not embarrassing for me. I know the, the reason that's not embarrassing is because this has happened multiple times. And then and then can <laughs> it's you not the only time? Can, can you also say that with this experience, it was one of the first times that your sister ever heard about me? And so that's how your sister kind of knew about me was the girl who likes Sailor Moon that was in the man's bathroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the only time it's happened, but yes. Uh <laughs> anyways, I don't even know what I we're talking about. Recently- I will say recently, I was random, I ran like random thought popped into my head of that interview that Ben did with that survivor contestant who just got up and went to Yolanda. The during the, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. We were talking about that. Uh, I think it was on Off the Podium or whatever. We were talking about interviews and uh, it may even be on one of our episodes. And he mentions like, hey, if you got to go, you got to go. But by the way, you said you didn't know where we are going with that. You were trying to embarrass me, but it didn't work. Coming up, we got The Quiet Place Part 2. Ben and I might have a review of Black Widow at some point if theater's open. We might have a review of Space Jam uh, if theater's open. Lots of reviews to finish up this month. But next month, uh, as long as everything comes together, we are going to be doing Jean-Claude Van Damme month with uh, Australian survivors, Matt Dyson. 
Uh, and Jamie may even join us on one of those because I know you're a JCVD fan, right, Jamie? Well, I just made you buy that uh, movie for me. You you made me buy a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, yeah. Because, because I've, I've actually wanted to watch that movie for probably like over 10 years now. Yeah, well, and it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that he's naked in the movie and does the splits, right? Well, he saw it. My, my, my <laughs> mom really liked him too. All right, so JCVD month is going to be coming soon. Uh, lots of other fun stuff. Uh, 24 is continuing on. We're covering Breaking Bad now. Rossi, are you a Breaking Bad fan? Um, I watched the first season, um, and I hated it. So, oh, okay. I just started watching the show because Ben and Nick are covering it now. So I don't even know how long I'll stick with it, but, uh, they got Breaking Bad episodes out. So that's good. And 24. And we got some fun 24 interviews too. We, um, uh, I know there's at least one that people are probably already hearing this week. We've got another exciting one coming up next week with kind of our cult favorite character, the random character that we are massive fans of. If you're listening to our 24 coverage, you're going to know, and it's somebody who is coming out of retirement to do an interview with us. So it's actually a very big deal. Uh, so we're excited for that as well. Uh, and Rossi, I'm, we'll, we'll find outside of a quiet place, something for you to come back. But at the very least, you're going to be back in October for Halloween month where we're finally going to get to talk about Ready or Not, right? Yes. We're looking forward to it. Jamie, you're going to watch Ready or Not. I'm going to make you watch it. It's a good movie. I've seen it. You haven't? What did you see it? That's the magician movie, right? No. <laughs> what is that What's movie? What magician movie? <laughs> Those are very different movies. <laughs> no, where where they like not, magicians? I, I don't know what you're talking about, but it is not ready where or not. There's the the heists and they're trying to. That's you, now you see me. Oh. Not ready. <laughs> but maybe we'll cover now you see me. We've got so many potential things here. Anyways, thank you everybody for joining us. Listen through the end of this episode to figure out how you could make us money. Uh, my name is Colin. I'm not the last, but I'm just the prettiest. My name is Jamie, and I wasn't prepared, clearly. And my name is Rossi. Great podcast, isn't it? Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.